0: Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled Galatians 5 Freedom of the Believer, Part 5. I am Pastor John, welcoming all our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening, both new and those of you who are returning again. May you all be blessed of God. Before I start, I would like to say that I am feeling much better than I was last week, but I am still congested to some degree. So please forgive me as I am not up to my usual self. For a couple weeks now, I have spoken briefly about helping and still doing God's work in new and different ways that comply with the present state of restrictions. While the Church has limited ability at this time, it is not being legally or politically silenced in the United States at this time. What is being done is what is presently safe and prudent. My wife is a nursing practitioner, so I have inside knowledge at this time. She is on the front lines of this issue and has front-line knowledge. I will not tell you when this all changes into something to deliberately silence the church. That will be rather obvious. So, hang in there with a waiting and watchful spirit. Our time has just got very much shorter. If we have to endure a second and far more devastating wave of coronavirus, if that takes America off the world scene, than we really are in the very last days of the end times. So, at least, be watchful and waiting, for our time is very short now. Witness to those that you can. May you all be blessed of God and not have to suffer the more difficult aspects of this global illness. Last week, we examined Galatians 5 Freedom of the Believer. Part 4, verses 7 through 9. In that passage, we found that Paul is not mincing his words one bit. When I first read this passage, I was stunned by what Paul says in verse 12. I wish those agitators would go so far as to castrate themselves. That is very unforgiving of Paul and lacks no degree of non-clarity of what Paul is saying. In other words, He is undeniably crystal clear with zero uncertainty. All starts in Green's literal translation, Galatians chapter 5, verse 7. You were running well. Who held you back that you do not obey the truth? This week, we will examine Galatians chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. What does Galatians chapter 5 tell us? What can Galatians chapter 5 tell us that we do not already know? So far, may I say again, let us get into Galatians chapter 5 and see. I am confident in the Lord that you will accept no other view but the one who is confusing you Will pay the penalty, whoever he may be. Now, brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those agitators would go so far as to castrate themselves. Galatians chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. Wow! As I said before, Paul is not mincing his words one bit. I was stunned by what Paul says in verse 12 the first time I read it. It says, again, I wish those agitators would go so far as to castrate themselves. That is very unforgiving of Paul. It also possesses extreme clarity of what Paul is saying. In other words, he is unmistakably crystal clear with zero uncertainty. So, let's continue. Verse 10 reads, I am confident in the Lord that you will accept no other view, but the one who is confusing you will pay the penalty, whoever he may be. Notice how this verse closes. Quote, "Whoever." He may be. So, interesting. Not just Satan, but whoever he may be. The implication here is more than just Satan alone influencing God's children to fall away from their current state in the salvation of Jesus. Let us see if this is an accurate assumption. We read in commentary, I do not know who he is. I mention no names, accuse no one by name, and advise no severe measures against any particular individual. I state only the obvious principle that every man should bear his own burden and be held responsible for what he has done, no matter who he is. From Barnes' New Testament notes. There it is, folks. This is how we do not judge others. Wasn't that an interesting twist on what this means? Today, this now makes things very difficult for sure. How do we correct others? How do we help those who are finding it difficult to move in the right direction? Commentary did not mince its words. It was quite clear as it has been through this entire study. Things happen in the Christian life and church we attend that do need instructive attention. This is what chiefly makes this understanding difficult. However, we can see we need the correct perspective when we believe we see error in someone else. Unless clear and obvious, we should pray first and react second. In this regard, look how Paul dealt with this issue according to commentary. Though they had been led astray and had embraced many false opinions, yet, on the whole, Paul had confidence in their piety, or as we would say today, in their belief structure. Paul had confidence in their piety and believed they would yet return and embrace the truth. From Barnes New Testament Notes Where, in what church, do we operate like that today? What we would very much today call a hands-off approach. Based on what we have just read, are there times when this is the correct action, and times when it is not? If true, that just made everything even more difficult for those who have incorrect teaching and understanding in this matter. Commentary further reads, Paul doubtless means to say that had full confidence that they would embrace the views which he was inculcating on the subject of justification, and he makes this remark in order to modify the severity of his tone of reprehension, and to show that, notwithstanding all he had said, he had confidence still in their piety. He believed that they would coincide with him in his opinion, alike on the general subject of justification, and in regard to the cause of their alienation, From the truth. He therefore gently insinuates that it was not to be traced to themselves that they had departed from the truth, but to the little leaven that had leavened the mass, and he adds that whoever had done this should be held to be responsible for it. From Barnes, New Testament Notes Can you see where modern man and his general perception has betrayed us? We do not fully understand how to guide people who we believe have swayed from the path of Christ. Given that is true, we also have a problem of getting such people back on it. This is due to the fact such people are admonished first, then told to get it right without engaging encouragement. Some are told to even leave the body of Christ, get their situation right, and only are they welcomed back into the fold of Christ when earthly doctors have medicated such people. Where is that which is unbelievable in the scope of miraculous healing if we ship such people and their issues off to worldly doctors who at best only medicate and or discuss their problem or problems in a psychiatric way. What does Scripture say about how to properly admonish those who appear to need it? It's in your Bibles. You can look that up in the New Testament. Continuing, We react, then complain, when the person of focus also reacts to our imprudent means. We think we do it in the love of Christ. However, Scripture would greatly indicate otherwise in many cases. Even Paul's means of dealing with such things is far more Gentile than what we operate in today. It seems a real rethink of how we deal with such things. On this subject, Notice what is said of Paul in this commentary passage we just read. Quote, He had confidence still in their piety. End quote. And piety is used here with reference to what we would call their belief and their strength in that belief if we were discussing in modern terms what is being discussed here in commentary. Is it that obvious in today's church? Do we have confidence in a person's piety, beliefs in Christ, that we today believe they too, like Paul's people, will hold fast to that which has saved them? This speaks of a level of respect seldom, if ever, shown to such people in today's churches in the United States. Verse 11 reads, Now, brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. Galatians chapter 5 verse 11 Commentary on this is extensive, so bear with me as I read it. The apostle was produced by the false teachers as a preacher of circumcision himself in some places, and this they did partly to show him to be a variable and inconsistent man, who preached one doctrine in one place and another in another place, and so not to be attended to, and partly with others to draw them into their scheme upon his authority. What might give them the handle, or at least what they improved to this purpose, might be his circumcising of Timothy but though he did this as a thing indifferent and for the sake of the Jews to make them easy yet he never preached it after his conversion and much less as necessary to justification and salvation as these men did this calumny he refutes by putting the following question or questions why do i yet suffer persecution as is clear he did. For being against it and preaching it down, great part of the persecutions the apostle endured was from the Jews, and that on account of his teaching them everywhere that were among the Gentiles to forsake Moses and that they should not circumcise their children and walk after the customs of their nation, a clear point this, that he did not preach it, Had he, persecution from this quarter would not have followed him, and he could have done it with a good conscience. He must act a very weak part in suffering persecution on that account. The Syriac version reads, by way of question Is the offense of the cross ceased? No, it is not. A plain case then is, That the apostle did not preach circumcision, but only a crucified Christ as necessary to salvation. Moreover, the Jews that believed would not have been so offended as they were at his preaching had he preached the one as well as the other. Their offense was not that he preached Christ crucified, but that he preached that. By the cross of Christ, circumcision and the other rituals of the ceremonial law were now abolished. End quote. How many other things in life, then, continuing into today, that also qualify in this regard? Circumcision was a big issue because of its place in society and its right for Jewish men. So it was a strong and well-known symbol of right and life. How many other things have come to men and women, through time and even now, that have filled the same unfilling laws and rights once we are saved by Christ. Verse 12 reads, I wish those agitators would go so far as to castrate themselves. Galatians chapter 5, verse 12. As I said before in the early part of this study, that is an extremely bold statement, leastwise for men. For some clarity. Let us look at it spoken a bit differently in another translation. I would that the ones causing you to doubt will cut themselves off. Galatians, chapter 5, verse 12. I think this verse loses a bit of its strength, but it lends more to cutting themselves off from the particular church or altogether being cut off, much in the same way castration is a complete cutting off. While said differently, it is still strong and most likely more to the point. One thing is for sure, this is not the only place in Scripture where Paul does not mince his words when speaking out. Commentary says this, I would they were even cut off, that is, as I understand it, from the communion of the church. So far am I, says Paul, from agreeing with them and preaching the necessity of circumcision as they do, that I sincerely wish they were excluded from the church as unworthy a place among the children of God. The simple meaning is, I think, that Paul wished that the authors of these errors and disturbances were excluded from the church. Which trouble you? Who pervert the true doctrines of salvation, and who thus introduce error into the church? Error always, sooner or later, causes trouble. From Barnes New Testament Notes Is it not, at least in the United States, what we can see in many churches today? Doctrines of salvation neither preached or spoken of in conversation circumcision here in any of many subjects today in our churches in America that are no longer a part of us due to our presumed salvation in Christ. So many things that no longer abide for us or provide clarity that only salvation in Christ can truly bring. The referenced verse in commentary 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it reads, Clean out the old yeast, so that you may be a new batch of dough. You are, in fact, without yeast. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Next week, we will examine Part 6 we will start a new portion of this passage in my bible the remaining passages are titled practice love not like practicing an instrument but by practicing the engagement of such a love play or download next week's episode titled galatians 5 freedom of the believer part 6 download that episode next week from one of our podcast hosts or Follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled Introduction About Us Who We Are a Listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. We have even more information. Check out our mobile, tablet, and desktop compliant website. It is a subdomain at site123.com. Our site link is unchurched.site123. ME This website is where you will find additional information about us and the podcast platforms we are in syndication with. Find direct links to all our platforms under the podcast menu item. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast platforms. Please use the search phrase Church of the Un-Church to find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. Note, please use the dash symbol and not the word dash when you search for us. We refresh our RSS feed with every weekly episode upload on Sundays, U.S. Eastern Time. These sites update our feed within 24 hours and sometimes less of our refresh. If Podomatic has any server issues, all linked episodes on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher will be unavailable for the duration of the server downtime. We therefore post all episodes on our backup host www.podcast.com. Dot com. That is podcast with an S. Again, our site address is www.podcasts.com or go to anchor.fm forward slash unchurched. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurch.